welcome to Inside Outlook. In this podcast, we will be interviewing the Puso Foundation to discuss their projects and goals. I'm Nan, and I am the media producer at Asian Outlook. And I am Michelle, I am one of the historians at Asian Outlook. And let's have our Puso representatives introduce themselves. First off, uh, Michelle and Nan, thank you for having us tonight. My name is Robert Banez. I'm the founder and CEO of the Puso Foundation. A little bit about myself is I am from the Washington, D.C. area, born and raised. I started Puso back in 2017, so we're actually celebrating our five-year anniversary this year. A little bit about my background in terms of my career, I work in the digital media field, and I run a company called All Pro Reels. And lastly, maybe just a fun fact about myself, I eat rice with every meal. I'm a big rice lover. Hi, guys. My name is Nicole Kozak. I am a director of college outreach and strategy with the Puso Foundation. Um, I am currently based in the northern New Jersey region, and I work in the nonprofit sector. I have been working with Buso since 2017 when I was a student back at the University of Delaware. Um, I was looking for a nonprofit to benefit with my Filipino student organization, and I found Rob um, at a conference. So I've been working with Buso since then. And a fun fact about me is that I triple majored in college, and I don't use any of those majors in my job currently. Okay, awesome. Thank you guys so much for introducing yourselves. So just to start off, we want to know what is PUSO and what is your mission statement or your goals? Yeah, PUSO Foundation, it also goes by the name of the Purposeful Unconditional Service to Others. Uh, PUSO in Tagalog translates to the word heart. And essentially, we are a mission. Our mission is to provide hope with a purpose. And we do this through plenty of different ways, uh, creative outreach, fundraising, college outreach, service work. Uh, we've been in seven different countries around the globe over the course of the last five years, and we're looking to continue to expand that and really just trying to provide aid to those that are most in need and providing service to those that are underserved, uh, providing help to those that need it most. And I think as an organization, with us being under the majority under the age of 32, uh, just looking to inspire and, and motivate others, including the, the younger generations to give back and, and make a difference in this world. That's great. I wanted to hear a little bit from Rob about why you decided to start the Puso Foundation and um, Nicole, oh, why did you want to join Puso and what drew your attention to the organization? Awesome. Yeah. So uh, essentially back in 2016, I was a senior in college. I had essentially done all my requirements and graduated in May of 2016. In August of 2016, I started my full-time job as a consultant and you know, just like any individual who graduates college and accepts their first time job, it's exciting. It's new. It's, you know, at the same time, you're kind of scared and intimidated by the real world, but you're excited for what's to come. With that comes a salary, benefits, amazing things, right? Yet eight months into the job, I just felt so empty. I felt like I was just uh, a corporate individual who, who focused, was behind a camera, behind a, a laptop and didn't have any purpose in going to work. I was just going to work to get paid, which basically was an exchange of my time was money. And I, I really felt like there was something more to life than, than going to work and going to sleep and going to the gym and repeating. Right. So that around that time, it was probably around March of 2017. And I was just doing some really big reflecting in my life. And I felt the, this call to maybe go to the Philippines and essentially the Philippines is where my family's from. And every time I, I would go there when I was younger, I feel like I would always learn a lesson about life. And a lot of that had to do with the poverty back home in the Philippines where, I mean, the poverty rate out there is it's crazy where you go out there and majority of the folks do not have the basic life necessities such as air conditioning and a fridge and electricity and an education and an opportunity to dream and become who they want to be one day. And I figured, you know what, 
I want to spend a little bit of what I've made this year and donate that to some type of, you know, movement uh, to give back. And maybe through that, I can find a little bit more purpose. And essentially, I was sharing this idea to a colleague of mine. And surprisingly, my colleague goes, man, I love that. Here's $20. And I was kind of taken off guard. I was like, $20 for what? And essentially, he was like, I want to donate $20 to your mission. So that kind of sparked this idea where I was like, you know what, maybe if I shared my story and a little bit about my story is essentially I was raised uh, by a single mother. Uh, my father was out of the, the picture since day one. He uh, has had some issues with drugs and just there's certain things where it's like I just didn't ever have a relationship with my father. So I grew up with just my mother. And at the age of nine, my mother passed away from cancer three days before my 10th birthday. So growing up, I had faced these uphill adversities, uh, you know, and through it all, I was able to somehow get through high school, get through college. And it was really the community that looked out for me, a community that put hope into my life and, and you know, energized me and gave me the necessary tools to get through that. So I felt like there was just something I owed to the universe, I owed to the community around me. And with that being said, it sparked this idea. And I decided to put all that onto a Facebook and, and uh, GoFundMe and just share it with the world, just see what I can do with my story. And ultimately, uh, within two weeks of uh, starting the GoFundMe, it raised over $5,000 in a matter of two weeks, uh, which was incredible. And I went on that mission trip. Uh, the mission trip changed my life and I came back and I still had funding from the mission trip because the dollar goes so far out there in the Philippines. And I had a decision to make. I was like, is this going to be a one-time thing or is this going to be a forever thing? And uh, I did some deep thinking and praying and reflecting and I chose the latter. And that summer uh, I decided to name the foundation, the Puso Foundation. And I decided to just like when you're building a home and a community, start by building the right blocks, right, right foundational pieces for that. And I was finding the right directors and the right people that would help me grow this. Uh, and with that, you know, kind of came along the rest of my team. And we're looking at five years later, uh, we have over 25 executive team members, all under the age of 32, 33. All of us are 100% volunteer based. None of us take a dollar from the organization. We all work in different sectors from energy to government to politics to uh, nursing to te technology. And it's a beautiful thing where we just essentially take all of our greatest skill sets and experiences and we put this all together into one organization. Uh, and it, it really, you know, we find purpose through it, we find fulfillment through it, and it motivates us to kind of continue to seek uh, what our our life's purpose is here. And through that, you know, I've, in, I've gained incredible brothers and sisters and and been able to challenge myself and hop on to opportunities like this to share my story with college colleges around the world. So just truly grateful. And that's a little bit of a glimpse of the story of how Pusa got started. Thanks, Rob. I've heard that story so many times, but it still moves me. Um, okay, so I found Puso in 2017. And yes, you heard that right. I found it the year that he started it. It was very, very new. Um, I think it was Rob's second speaking event ever. Um, UNC Greensboro, I was there for Find Dialogue, I think. And um, at the time I was looking for a new nonprofit to benefit with my Filipino Student Association. I was philanthropy chair, I was ambitious. I was like, let me build the philanthropy component of my organization bigger than it's ever been, um, which was so perfect because I saw Rob speak at this event. And I remember sitting in the audience thinking, that's it. That's a nonprofit I wanna fundraise for. I need to meet Rob Banyas today. And that was like a mental note I made. And so I think we like went to lunch, lunch break or whatever. The rest of my organization went to some taco place and I was like, oh, there's a line. I think I want a chicken parm. So I went to an Italian restaurant and as I waited for that chicken parm, Rob walked in and I was like, that's crazy. That's literally the person I wanted to talk to and here he is right next to me. So 
uh, we touched base, um, basically agreed to, you know, ch chat further later. Um, I became sort of like the earlier version of a PUSO ambassador where um, I would like fundraise and just educate people about PUSO on my college campus. And then after two years of doing that, I graduated from UD. Um, and it was like a, a really beautiful moment where like I was like heading into a gap year, didn't really know what I was going to do when I graduated, um, was honestly feeling pretty down on myself for not having more, you know, just like awesome plans for when I graduated, like it seemed like everyone did. And then Rob called and was like, hey, I'm not sure what it's going to look like yet, but would you like to join my team? Like we can figure out what your role is going to look like, but would you like to join the PUSO team? And I cried because I was like, this is the most beautiful thing. It's an amazing opportunity. This is just what I needed. I love his mission. I love this organization. Yes, of course, I want to be a part of it. And so um, I ended up becoming a college outreach director. I helped build a college outreach program, which has now reached over 50 schools. Um, in the last five years, we have raised almost $100,000. We're forecasted to hit that this fall into spring. Um, so we're doing amazing things. We've touched so many lives. Um, so, I mean, all that alone draws me to the organization, but I'm just really moved by how young we are um, and how we're all volunteer led. It's also a continuation of cultural involvement. Like I said, like I was in my FSA in school and it's cool that even after graduating, I can still be involved in the Filipino community. Um, it's a really cool full circle moment as I talk to my mom who left the Philippines for the US when she was about my age. It's really cool that I can now be in a position to give back to where she came from. Um, so yeah. That sounds pretty amazing about like how you join and also how that fit into um, when Rob did start this organization. So we also want to just discuss like what type of projects is PUSO currently working on? Awesome. Yeah, I'll take that. So we have a couple of different ongoing service projects. Uh, one I'll start off with is the current project where we're really investing a lot of time in, which is our Hope Refrain project. Essentially, we're rebuilding homes uh, for people that lost their homes during Super Typhoon debt in Chargao. Another one that's upcoming is Wrapped in Love. Essentially, we wrap and deliver thousands of Christmas gifts to orphanages and underserved communities in Manila in the Philippines, which is always one of our favorite uh, projects. Another ongoing one is our Swell of Hope project, which is essentially providing relief to communities uh, within the local economies and most affected by the pandemic uh, and providing them just first sustainable relief and also just so fishing supplies and, and just seeds for farming and different opportunities for them to kind of rebuild uh, post pandemic. Uh, another one I'd say is our Turkey Day Assist, which is coming up. Uh, we usually donate over 100 turkeys a year uh, to families in need in the Washington DC area, which is super exciting. Uh, and then overall, just uh, a, an ongoing project is just our college outreach program. As uh, Nicole has mentioned in the past, uh, we've, we've built this uh, this machine almost where when I first spoke in 2017 at that conference, Nicole was referencing to, I had two universities I was working with, uh, and now we're working with over 45 different universities. And at the time I was the college outreach program. Now we have uh, three college outreach directors. We have three associate college outreach directors, and we have three college interns. So just a huge group that uh, we've invested time into. And part of the reason why we've, we're on this podcast is through our college outreach program. So that's all continuously an ongoing service work project for us as well. Um, before we go on to the next question, I also want to ask, what type of events do you have with these different universities and colleges in the college outreach program? 
Yeah. So we have a ton of different events. Um, they definitely vary in size and scale. I think the most common and probably most impressive um, set of events would be the culture nights, the barrios, the charity balls, the things like that. Um, we're always so impressed by college organizations that host large events each semester um, with you know audiences of hundreds of people. That typically for like barrios, it'll be a showcase of culture. Um, you'll bring in schools from the whole region. Um, I went to Ohio State Barrio last year and it pulled schools from all over the Midwest. Um, I went to UD, so we had our culture night where we showcase different cultures. So there are basically events that these colleges will put on um, and proceeds will benefit the PUSA Foundation. And so we will also provide guidance and help if they need help planning. Um, the majority of us on the college outreach team, we're all student leaders. So we all have direct experience with putting on events like this. So we provide that expertise, but um, we also do attend as speakers. Um, we do sell our PUSA merchandise there where all proceeds benefit our missions as well. Um, so that's like one example of events. Um, students are always welcome to attend our fundraising and service events that are in their areas. Um, we are working on bringing back our mission trips. One major goal for us in the next couple of years is to open up mission trips to college students. So that's very much an idea right now, but that is very much a goal for us in the future. Um, so yeah, basically events on campuses, they're invited to ours and our, our future goal is a mission trip for college students. Uh, the events and projects that you guys are working on all sounds like really exciting and amazing. So um, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the Hope and Home Reframed project specifically because it seems like one of your bigger projects. Um, so how was the idea for Hope Reframed kind of formed and like what is it inspired by? Yeah, awesome. Thank you for asking. Uh, Hope Reframed is essentially a, a project I feel like we've been dreaming about since we first started the organization um, in terms of building homes for, for families in need. Uh, and to kind of take you guys back a couple of years, back in 2019, we were introduced to this organization known as the International Organization for Migration, so IOM. And IOM is a subset of the UN, which is the United Nations. And back in early 2020, in January 2020, we were actually invited, uh, me and our one of our board of directors, uh, Kevin Moreno, were, were invited to go speak at a UN conference in Geneva, Switzerland, where is basically the headquarters of the UN. I went out there, I spoke alongside Kevin. We met you know, diasporas uh, from all over the world, uh, from Haiti to Bangladesh, uh, all over the world, and gained some really great experiences and partners. And through that, we kind of just continue to build that relationship with IOM. And IOM kind of, you'll, you'll kind of hear how the story develops, but essentially IOM plays a major factor now. But with that, uh, in 2020, we started working with uh, the island of Shargao, essentially for our Swell of Hope project, which essentially is providing aid to those that are in need in terms of folks that have lost uh, everything due to the pandemic from an economical standpoint. So imagine the world stopping, and no, no one's buying your fish no more. No one's staying at your hostels no more. No one's touring to go anywhere. The world's on pause. So these, these areas were hit very hard because they already live in really tough conditions. And now you're saying the dollar they make a week, a couple of days is no longer there. Like, what are they gonna do to survive? So we came in and we started working with, with these areas in Shargao and these communities. And we did about four or five Swallow Hope projects where our team on the ground delivered much needed goods like rice and, and fish and a bunch of different things they needed. And with that, we built a, a really awesome relationship with the island of Shargao. And we 
continued to do projects out there. And then five days before Christmas in 2021, December 20th, 2021, a category five storm hit Chargao. And uh, this is even including my brother who was living there at the time. We didn't hear from them for, for like a week. Uh, everything was completely wrecked. Uh, a category five turned, uh, basically it was a category one turned into category five in 24 hours and hit the house. No one's repaired. Uh, second, the houses aren't really built to sustain those type of uh, storms out there. So essentially it was just the whole, whole island was rocked. And this is kind of where IOM comes in is through that time period when, when they first introduced us at, at in Geneva, uh, we started working on um, basically training programs to build safer shelters uh, and how to rebuild those. And essentially we, we would learn through different trainings and we'd pass those trainings along to the community. And essentially the storm presented opportunity for us to, to use what we've learned in our training sessions and apply it to real life. And uh, since then, IOM has been a huge help for us in our Hope Refrain project. And our, essentially our Hope Refrain project aims to build at least 20 homes. Right now we've we built uh, close to 10 homes, which we're really excited about. And it's just a life-changing you know, uh, situation for us to be able to provide uh, a home to a family that hasn't had a roof over their shelter for, for months now. I mean, we're talking about it's October and they still don't have roof over their heads. It's almost 10 months without a roof over your head. Like that. I don't, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to survive. And I, somehow they do. Somehow these resilient, amazing people still come up and wake up with a smile on their faces every day. But it's definitely been a life-changing uh, project for us. And it's opened up a ton of doors. And we're excited to kind of see where this continues goes. Yeah, thank you, Rob. I mean, yeah, that's it's all really moving. And um, Hope Reframed is definitely my favorite project currently. I will also just add some fun little details, too, in the name. So Hope Reframed kind of has two meanings here, um, as you kind of gather from what Rob's describing. We already had a relationship established with Shargal, where we were having our Swell of Hope projects. Um, and so the idea of Hope Reframed is that we're reframing this type of hope that we're delivering to the area. And then we are literally rebuilding the frames of homes lost in natural disaster. Um, and so we're hoping that Hope Reframed will also extend to other areas of the world that have been affected by natural disasters or other other issues. Talking more about this project specifically, um, how do you, how are you able to get funds for this project and help rebuild the homes? Yeah, so I think uh, very first individual donors, uh, a big donor of our name, Ben Ben, who's based on New Jersey, he's a Puso ambassador. Uh, he had a couple organizations that he worked with that you know were, were all in all in in terms of supporting uh, this project. Uh, so they, they've been an incredible help. Our college outreach program has been huge. Uh, it's going to be huge as we continue to try and raise more funds as we try and build more houses in early uh, 2023. Uh, and just fundraising programs through our, our Putting for Purpose golf tournament that we recently just had. Uh, and then potentially our, our, our potential lead, our, our countdown for a cause New Year's Eve event, which will be hopefully this year, is also an, an aims to try and raise money through there. For sure. And that's like a strong emphasis, too, on our college outreach program. Um, we're really banking on our colleges um, continuing to partner with us and fundraise. Um, so far, so good. We do care a lot about our college partners. Um, it's really impressive to work with current college students. Um, you guys are actually really like ambitious and so smart and talented. And I'm not just saying that. We just had retreat where um, I got to know a couple of our interns better and their current college students. And my God, your generation, you're only a couple years younger than me. I'm not that old, but like I don't know. I'm just so impressed by you guys. So I personally feel blessed to get to work with college students every day through our program. And the flip side of that is that, you know, college students have an opportunity to do volunteer service and, and benefit um, people across the world um, just by hosting these events that they'd already be hosting. So 
that's super cool. Um, I'll also say another shout out to a member of our team, Aika. She had a birthday party celebration at the bar where she worked and all of her tips went towards building a house through Hope Refrain. So super, super cool idea. If anyone ever wanted to turn their birthday party into a fundraising event, you can literally raise money for a whole house for a family. Like that's sick. Those sound amazing. And it's in our school, we have a lot of events too. And if we can somehow make like contribute to a bigger cause with those events that would definitely be amazing too um so to kind of go a little more into the hope refrain project i wanted to discuss a little bit about if there were any challenges that you guys faced um during the project and how did you guys kind of overcome it i think you're just thinking about it right we're i'm currently in washington dc and the project's happening across the entire world so carrying out a project on the other side of the world is, I mean, has its set of challenges, right? We're talking about 12-hour difference. Right now it's 10 a.m. out there in the Philippines. So you're talking about having late meetings, uh, having talking about sometimes a language barrier, a cultural barrier, right? So that's been a little difficult at times, um, but we've been able to overcome it. Uh, I think another one is having a strong leader. I wouldn't say it's more of a challenge, but the solution I have, have in this is having a strong leader on the ground. And that's someone that we have. Uh, her name is Lori. She's amazing. She's based in Chargao. She's someone that we met through the Swell of Hope program back in 2019 and has carried over to this Hope Refrain project. And she essentially is a leader of the team out there in the Philippines, uh, someone we trust, someone that we we know that we can hold accountable uh, and deliver, you know, at the end of the day as to what we want to get done. Uh, I think in terms of just delegation, that's also, you know, at times it could be difficult to try to make sure you delegate enough resources and delegate enough responsibilities to the right people. Uh, but overall, you know, I think we've just been able to come together as a team. Uh, I think that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about what we do as an organization within the Pusa Foundation is we're all empowered. You know, we, we all feel like we're capable of getting the job done. We have our support from different ends. And we all come together. I mean, even before this call, it's 1030. I had a two hour call with our strategy team before this. And we knocked out a bunch of big action items of what we're working on. And there's about eight of us in there that just put our minds together, put our brains together and, and invest the time into, into creating solutions for our organization. And it usually ends up being like the best part of our day. Although you kind of dread having an eight o'clock and a 10 o'clock call most of the time, like, oh, I got to take this call. It ends up being like the 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 part of the day that actually fills my cup where I've been doing a bunch of work stuff all day. And then finally, at the end of the day, I have to I get to do the things I want to do and, and make an impact, knowing that it's going to change somebody's life. And I think that's the beautiful thing about our organization is, although it seems like the task can be mundane sometimes and it feels like it's busy work, the end result is someone else's life benefiting from it. And when you have that, I just feel like, you know, God, the universe, whatever you believe in. Uh, is always on your side. The favor is always on your side. That sounds really amazing how, how you're still able to overcome those challenges. We also want to know if there are any resonance in this area that you're impacting and how they have like actually reacted to this project. Are there any specific short stories that you want to share about this whole experience and how they have may have impacted you? Yeah, I think, you know, with us having worked in Chargao for the last on really almost three years now, we've really made a mark on that that community. And um, just a couple of stories from Lori herself. I know that she she tells me this all the time. Like the moment we step foot in Chargao, which hopefully our, one of our goals is to try and make it out as a team out there to the, to the Philippines and visit Chargao. She's like, it's going to be a fiesta, which essentially like all the work that we put in, like we've invested so much time, energy, resources. 
Um, it's just going to be a welcome home party almost. And I, I just feel like just the impact, right? We're talking about not just one project, but multiple projects on top of our main project being a project where we're building homes. Um, I think the one story that I'd like to share is through it, um, we've actually have started planting seeds on building potentially our first school out there. So essentially some, uh, some officials on the ground have seen our work uh, and they're like, yo, can we find a way for you guys to maybe fund a school? And I think when I first started this organization back in 2017, one, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I just was just fueled by my passion to get back. But two, I was like, if there was one thing I would eventually want to say I did when this is all said and done is one, build a house and two, build a school. So for us to be even in that conversation in an organic form, or like we didn't seek this in 2022. Early this year, it wasn't like we want to build homes by the end of this year. It just was one of those things where we were in the right place at the right time. And it, it's it's happened. And I think this is similar to how this, this whole school is coming apart, where it's like, we're building homes. It only makes right. It only seems right that we kind of transition that into maybe a school. So I think that in terms of just kind of hearing those stories from my directors on the ground, uh, just knowing the impact we're making and how, you know, our name, our brand, everyone knows that the PUSA Foundation is 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 legitimate. They're giving back and we're making an impact on lives that I may never meet. You know, our team may never meet, but to know that you know, we're doing that is just special. It, goes, it helps you sleep at night knowing that the world is a better place because of the work that we're putting out there. I think another detail to include is that we we kind of differentiate ourselves as an organization in the way that we give back for a number of reasons. But the one I'm thinking of is people will drop off resources and materials on the island or to areas um, affected by natural disaster, but they won't actually provide labor or help in, you know, producing these things. So, you know, where shelter is needed, it is fantastic to drop off materials, the things you would need to build a home. But if you have a single mother, someone elderly, someone with disabilities, they're not going to be able to erect that home themselves. And so that is something that we've specifically sought out to do, that we do have like laborers on the ground that are building these homes. So we're not just dropping off a pile of plywood, like we are literally building these homes and helping families that otherwise would not have them. Um, and then, you know, this also has a sort of ripple effect one of the issues that we heard in the early stages after Super Typhoon Odette was that there was overcrowding um, in the remaining shelters that existed. Obviously, people need shelter. That was an issue. People were getting sick, one, because of overcrowding, but also because of the ongoing COVID pandemic. Um, so you then also have a health crisis on top of a shelter crisis and a food crisis, et cetera. So in creating these stable homes, we're also providing places for just more people to spread out into, live safely. Um, we give them that little bit of hope and security that hopefully allows them to take larger leaps and risks in their own life, can, can do things that are more fulfilling because at least they have their home secured. That sounds amazing. Going on, going off the building new school thing that sounds really exciting and kind of going off that what are you most excited about for the future of PUSO? Yeah that's a, a great question and we actually just celebrated our five-year anniversary this past weekend at our uh, annual retreat and you know it gave me some time to really reflect on where we where we've been the last five years and where we're headed and what excites me the most about what we're entering is a, it's a new chapter of our lives where you know when we built this organization five years ago I, at the time I was 23, I really had no idea what I was doing. Uh, now at 28, I just feel like I, I have an understanding of what life is and a better understanding of what my goals are and you know how, how to build leaders. And I'm looking at this organization and I have 25 executive members who are incredible, who I've invested into and they've invested back into the organization and they've grown. And I think, I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most is just 
seeing how our team continues to grow um, and seeing how each individual on our team takes on new roles and eventually how their roles make an impact on, on the people that we're serving. And at the end of the day, like just the excitement of giving back and, and, you know, we're talking about schools and homes and who knows what else we get into, you know, it's just honestly like the sky's the limit and all of it's just organic growth. Like we all have our own day-to-day jobs that we still work. And yet we're seeing so much success in what we're doing uh, through every program we run. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it is just, it feels just so much within alignment of where we're supposed to be. And just looking forward to kind of seeing, you know, what our team and, is able to do in the next five years, but also, you know, what we are able to find in, in our own personal lives and in terms of our purpose and our fulfillment. And that's every day, that's an evolving thing every single day. I feel like all that changes on an everyday basis. And it's important that you, you know, t- take time to reflect and really think about, you know, where you want to be in five years. And it's an evolving question, but for sure, just excited for the organization as a whole, as we continue to celebrate our five-year anniversary. I think in direct response to Rep's point about um, seeing what kind of roles that we grow into, um, one thing I'm excited about is just seeing, you know, like what I'll be doing five years from now with the organization. So much of our growth has been organic. Like we are all about just kind of seeing where the universe takes us, you know, planting seeds and seeing what grows later. Um, And so, at retreat, I was thinking, okay, like five years from now, I'll be 30. Like, do I foresee myself as a 30 year old doing what I'm doing today? You know, hopping on calls with college students, et cetera. And maybe not, <laughs> um, but that's like a cool thought though. Cause it's like, I'm sure I'll grow into other roles, other things that I'm interested in. And that's been a blessing with the PUSA foundation that um, so much of this has been, you know I get to grow into roles and gain experience doing the stuff that I'm passionate about. I'm not here to like fill a job description it's if I'm interested in this like let's move in this direction Nicole like you can head it like just just put in the work like I trust you and that's been a really beautiful relationship but also I am so excited about all the people that we're going to serve Um, in our first five years we've touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people we're getting noticed by the United Nations and the White House Um, I can only imagine how many more lives we can help as our organization grows one last thing I wanted to add to what I'm most excited about is is our college outreach program it's essentially what we've invested the most in the last couple of years. We see how much, you know, it's, it's grown. And the beautiful thing about the college outreach program is you're not just giving uh, college students a platform and a, an ability to give back to those in need, but they're learning from people with real life experiences. And I think when I look back at it, when I was a college student, that's what I needed the most. That's what I see the most in terms of mentorships is for people that were going to be in the shoes that I was going to be in, in a year or two from now. And I think given these opportunities of college students to essentially have a direct line to a founder of an organization or a director of an organization like us, and to be so open arms, like we literally say, if you need it, if you need anything to text us, call us, set up a call, we'll be on a call to answer whatever questions you like. And even if it has nothing to do with giving back or raising funds, like if you need advice on life, like and you want to do it in in the energy sector or the technology sector, whatever it is, like we have the people on our team to help you out. So just excited to see where that grows. We're already at 45 different schools. I've speaking, I've spoken at over 20 different universities around the the US and just excited to kind of just see where that grows. Honestly, I think I'm just so amazed by your different goals and just the organization in general and all that you're doing for the community. I was wondering for the listeners if anyone wanted to get involved, how would they get involved with PUSO or any of these projects? But in terms of uh, ways people get involved, um, one, following us on social media, 
uh, particularly our Instagram page, the at the Puso Foundation, uh, for the most frequent updates and, and in terms of just seeing where we are as an organization. Uh, checking us out on our on our website, which is www.pusofoundation.org, and learning more there. Uh, and then also in terms of our online storefront, we also have a, a merchandise called, called wearepuso.co, uh, where you can order Puso gear and all the proceeds from that uh, directly go to all of our projects. Uh, and then in terms of just, you know, getting involved, if, you, if there's particular projects you want to, you know, help with, uh, send us a DM or check out our link tree. There's an opportunity for you guys to just schedule meetings with our team through our link tree. And in terms of just like, any ideas or finding ways to, to add to what we're already doing we we know we're we're not the best organization we know that we have a lot of room to grow we're five years in we have a lot to work on and i think that's one thing that it you know is is important to say here is because we're not superhumans. you know what i'm saying we don't have all the time in the world to always devote to puso there are some gaps there are some challenges and, and when you realize that and you actually you know make that vocally there and for you guys to hear it's like all right these guys actually spend time working on these things it's not like you wake up and everything's done you know there's there's actual time that's invested to get to where we are with hope reframe and get to where we are with um all the projects that we're currently working on so if there's anything that you guys feel or any viewers out there that are, that are listening to this and feel inspired about oh shoot i have this idea for them that i think would be amazing or hey i think there's something here that i feel like they could work on that's better we'd love to hear any feedback ideas because that's how i really that's how we, we run this organization no one is a leader there's not one leader for the organization we're all leaders and we all are open to feedback criticism etc so that's one i think one piece i'll say Another quick addition. Um, so we've done mission trips and projects in seven different countries, currently moving on to our eighth country this fall. Um, so if anyone listening is planning on, on doing a trip to the Philippines or something, if you'd like us to connect you with our service teams in the Philippines, or if you'd like to talk about, you know, leading your own mission trip to a country, get in touch with us, DM us on Instagram at the Pusa Foundation. Um, we'd love to hear from you if you guys wanted to kind of propose a service trip um, and we could help you guys yeah, out. So. And then also, yeah, just reiterating, like we're all young, fun people. If you ever wanted to find us through the Instagram and just connect with us individually, we would be happy to do that. Um, we are currently working on like collecting more data and creating some more mentorship pipelines. So um, we should have an updated database of all the career fields that our team works in. So we should have a streamlined way of helping you guys that way too. You heard them, people. Go definitely go check out Puso's Instagram and reach out if you have any questions or ideas. Um, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank you all for taking time up out of your day to come talk to us. It's it's been really inspiring to hear about Puso's mission and projects. And for our listeners, thanks for tuning in to this this episode of Inside Outlook with your host Michelle and I. We hope you all enjoy listening to the amazing contributions the PUSA project has made. That being said, I want to give special thanks to Robert and Nicole for joining us today. It was great hearing about PUSA's missions and projects. Thank you guys for having us. We uh, enjoyed our time here. Thank you.